Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim. The uh, topic or the name of our podcast today is Stranger Danger, the uh, life of serial killer Robert Black. Robert Black was a uh, Scottish serial killer and pedophile. Um, so this um, it's kind of a dark story. Um, he had uh, kidnapped, raped, and murdered at least four girls in the 1980s while he was uh, working as a truck driver in Great Britain, although it's suspected that um, he was responsible for many more murders, but um, four that we know of. But before we get into his dastardly deeds, let me introduce our panel. I am happy to see today the very lovely and charming uh, pill poppin' penis loving what Satan's dirty little secret, Brandy. How are you, Brandy? I'm all right, Timmy. How are you? I'm fine. How is the uh, uh, smoking uh, going, or the lack it's, thereof? It's, it's a dark abyss, Timmy. It's a dark abyss. Well, all my favorite things are gone. Well, but uh, at least you're not doing them, right? You haven't smoked? No. Good for you. Good or had pop. That's great. It sucks pretty bad. You know, I over the weekend I had, um, I generally drink at least one bottle of Diet Coke a day, maybe two. And then I, sometimes I'll also drink caffeine-free, where I just had caffeine-free in. And so for a couple of days there, I went with just drinking caffeine free mm-hmm. and I got the worst headache and I didn't you know it didn't dawn on me like oh maybe I need you need the caffeine yeah yeah Fun how it blows yeah we're also joined by the very honorable a man of God the Reverend Colonel Charles really? Beauregard Hawkwaters loving <laughs> the third affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman how are you today Colonel I'm wonderful, Timmy, and, and yeah, God. devil. Some people are <clears throat> uh, people of spirit, and some people are people of the flesh. You understand that I'm ordained too. You, you, yeah, but you're you you're understand still that love them. You pop. are no better than me. <laughs> no, because I've actually laid hands on people before and, and cured them. Hitting I, doesn't count. What I'm talking about is anointing, laying on hands. You've never done any of that. Now, Timmy, you was You're speaking tongues. You bear witness. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You bear witness to this, Timmy. Mm-hmm. 
the man that came in here in in the front lobby mm-hmm. uh, with the crutches, mm-hmm. did I not lay my hands on him and cure him? You were working the front desk that day. You saw it yourself. Really? No. No, I don't remember that See? at all. You're getting a little scene out, Timmy. You <laughs> that should remember that. that it was a significant happen. event. You and I have the same credentials. <laughs> <laughs> so. I am a true. If you could do that, couldn't you cure your ED? Well, oh, I did true. cure it, but then it went in the wrong direction. Well, you know, speaking of caffeine, I, I, you you can you can uh, heal the sick, but you can't raise the dead. Basically, <laughs> you know, here, and here's something about caffeine that I've noticed. I had one of those Monster Energy drinks, uh huh, and uh, it. You know how they say if you have an erection for more than four hours, uh-huh. you should call your doctor. Yes. Well, first of all, if I ever have an erection for more than four hours, my doctor is going to be about the tenth person on the list I call. After everyone on back page, I'm no. Right. I'm going to be calling every friend I hey check that Renee tell them I, all your gay friends. No, my gay friend. Yeah. Yeah. Four hours. That's pretty damn impressive. It's you would it's, think it was starting to ache after painful. a while. You know how they fix that? They drain Hit it. Hit it with a hammer. <laughs> no, they drain well, the blood yeah. right out of it. They well, they stick a needle in it. So it's like lance you know, in a boil. It is like that, but different. Okay, let's uh, move um, on. Shout outs, Colonel. I got a couple. Um, I got a, the demure ladies on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicola and Cindy Lou. Mm-hmm. They have insisted they're demure. Okay. They are demure. They're um, delicate flowers. <laughs> yeah, they, they absolutely are. Um, and the two. Women that want to bang Jeffrey Dahmer, um, Sarah <laughs> and Ms. Williams. Yeah. Um, that was a little disturbing, actually. It was a little bit disturbing, but that's the kind of crowd we seem to draw. For the folks who don't know what we're talking about, we have a group page on Facebook. It's called uh, History Dreams the Podcast. It's a group. Uh, you can join, and um, you'll kind of this some some of this will make more sense to you. But uh, we posted a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer the other day. <laughs> Yesterday, I believe, and uh, some women were uh, ooing and aahing over his uh, appearance. Yeah, he's a catch. Yeah, they they was a little little uh, they was a little hot about him. Yeah, I I, didn't, I thought Jeffrey Dahmer was a little Weasley looking, but you know, to each his own. Jennifer, Sarah, if you want to date the man, um, let's see who else we got. Kim Taylor, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Shoeless Kentucky friend. Panthers um, fan. Yeah, she's a Panthers fan. Yeah, and Cowboys. And Cowboys, yeah. Uh, we got Tiffany Bell, of course. Tiffany, uh, you know, me and Tiff are Facebook friends. I'll just refer to her as the Tiffster from now on. The okay. Tiffster. Jesus Christ, please don't um, do that. <clears throat> Let's see who else we got. We got uh, Trish Hillard, of course. Um, we got Shannon, who uh, Rossett, who just was in Chicago, and apparently did not run across either of my boys. And Jennifer right, Burdick. It's a big city. It is a big city. But you know, Tanner told me one time he was walking downtown. He said three times people stopped him and thought he was Taylor downtown. <laughs> um, and Jennifer Burdick, of course. Um, and I got Nicole already in there. The, that's my legal and accounting team for He's the church. He's just adding names as he walks around. Yeah. No, I, I, these just pop into my head. Uh, <clears throat> so that's, 
And of course, we got lovely Lady Beverly. We hope you're feeling better. Um, yes. We know you're not. <clears throat> you posted that you were not feeling well. We hope that's that's improving. And of course, as always, <clears throat> the wonderful and lovely Dottie Scott, who takes care of our Timmy, I would, even though he tries to kill her. I would also <clears throat> like. We gotta. Uh, oh, I forgot one more. Okay. Um, just a quick one. It is my boys. I know they only occasionally listen. Occasionally listen, and if you little bastards were committed and listened as much as you asked me for money, our downloads would be probably you know forty thousand a month. But Taylor and Tanner are twenty two years old today. today. Oh, happy birthday, Taylor and Tanner. Are they and, here in town or? No, nah, they're out of town still. They're okay. in Chicago. Um, okay. The further the better. And tomorrow. Um, since we're not doing a podcast, Renee, Mrs. Colonel, will be 50 years old. Oh, happy birthday, Renee. So had she, when, when she went to the hospital, had she held out for two more hours, we could have celebrated all this in one day. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this, Timmy. She was in the hospital with the twins, and they let her go after two days. Mm-hmm. Now, last week, I had that evil man flu or whatever mm-hmm. I had and I was bedridden for two days so I would say the man flu is the equivalent of having two babies it's, it's not child, like that at all yeah, yeah two having childbirth twice it's okay. not it is however like having three babies when the man is sick and you have twin babies I'm just saying I was no. down in bed for two days she was down in bed for two days Okay, I got um, a couple of shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to Sean, who is listening to us. We got a nice note from him. He's li- him and his bride, newly read, they're newlyweds, listening nice. to us in Thailand. So, Swati Ka to Sean. Why are you going to call names? Look at Mr. Fancy over here with his... Having, his uh, having a wonderful... Swati Ka? What is he going to call that? <laughs> having a wonderful honeymoon in the land of smiles. I hope that uh, they said they listened to us. Uh, when they're flying and they have layovers and it makes their trip more bearable. And they're on their honeymoon, so they're listening to us when they're replenishing, rehydrating. Refl- and forgetting their fluids. And yeah. Maybe. Maybe you're right. And, of course, as always, a uh, shout-out to Alicia and Chip, um, to Bridget, and to Cindy Lou for sponsoring us on Patreon. If you would like to sponsor us, uh, go to patreon.com backslash, or slash, I should say, history dweebs. Uh, Brandy, any quick shout-outs before we start into Mr. Black? Well, Brittany Chacon got um, recognized at work. Was that? She got recognized. Little Brittany? She didn't get promoted. She got recognized at work, which is still a big deal. So I'm very happy for you, Brittany. And Tommy Boomashine got recognized by the FBI, but he got away quickly. Right, for having (laughs) it. And Tommy, I apologize to you. You was a little disturbed at me. Timmy's the researcher. Uh, St. Joseph is outside of Kansas City, not St. Louis, but I thought St. Louis and Kansas City was right next to each other, but I never really paid attention to So you're not Magellan, so you should really, I am not. I'm you not. should really not be making yeah. any kind of statements about that. Um, and uh, it seems like I want an M. M has been my my sobriety coach. Oh, nice. Well, you know... And I have not texted her yet because I haven't really needed her, but she was kind enough to... She gives me some encouraging words, and she was kind enough to offer her services, and I appreciate it. Nice. 
I'm a little hurt that when you need a spiritual advisor, you do not turn to me. Well, you can be hurt. Oh, you what? (laughs) Now, okay, let's jump into the story, shall we? Because it's a long one. It's a long one. Yeah, it's a long one, and it's a dark one, and and, uh, you know, kids are involved, so. Um, it's not one of my favorite ones that I have researched, but um, it's a serial killer, and uh, we'll get into his dastardly deeds. So Robert Black um, was born on April 21st, 1947, in Grange Mouth, I think it is, Scotland. Now, you know, our folks over in Scotland and Great Britain's going to laugh at me for how I pronounce these. Grange Mouth, I mean, that's what it looks like. I know, it looks like it. Mouth. It's about Maybe 20. It's mouth. It's it's about 20 miles uh, from Edinburgh. Um, His natural mother was a young woman by the name of Jesse Hunter Black. Um, She refused to put his father's name on the birth certificate and immediately put Robert up for foster care. Because his father was Sirius Black. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a Harry Potter reference. There you go. Um, yes. Jesse Hunter eventually married a guy named Francis Hall, and they had four more children together. Um, she died in 1982. Black uh, Robert Black never had any any further contact with his mother. So, so she goes on to have yeah. a bunch more kids and get married, and, and the hoe bag never has any further contact after she gets married. No, he has no no further con- contact with her or his half siblings. Hmm. Well. But he was raised by a middle-aged couple in uh, foster care called, uh, their their name was... Yeah, hit it. Tulip. Jack, no, I don't... Th- Jack and Margaret Tulip. Um, they were in their 50s when they uh, adopted... Where were they from? They were from Clinchenliven near Glencoe in the West Highlands. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just I'm, wanted to hear it. I am not familiar with the Scottish geography, so... <laughs> or the names. Or the names. Absolutely. Or American geography. Uh, <laughs> or the names. Yeah. Really not familiar with the geography of this building. Yeah, our time even getting here. Uh, neighbors report <laughs> that uh, Robert would walk around with bruises on at early age when he was in foster care, but there was never no investigation um, regarding abuse. Uh, acquaintances in uh, primary school said Robert was a bit of a loner and uh, had a tendency to bully others. A bit of a loner. Aren't they all just a bit of a loner? Yeah, everyone, right? Every one of them. Well, well, he kept, kept, him kept himself. No, he's like a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, every once in a while you catch him biting off the head of a mouse, but you know who doesn't have their yeah. proclivities? He preferred to spend time with younger children and was known for committing sudden acts of violence in school. He had uh, these anti, showed these antisocial tendencies from an early age, um, and he was known by the school as teachers and his foster parents being an aggressive child. Uh, he was th- prone to throwing tantrums uh, and regularly vandalized uh, school property. He was the target of bullying among children his own age, and then he became a bully toward children who were younger than him. So he just turned around and returned to favor. It's trickle-down bullying. It yes, really he is. is. His uh, foster mother insisted upon him being clean, physically clean. What a bitch. He didn't care too much for <laughs> hygiene. Um, 
which earned him the nickname Smelly Belly, Smelly Bobby Tulip from his classmates. That doesn't, that has no flow to it. These no. kids Smelly smell, Belly would have been better. Smelly Belly would have been smelly better, but now tulip. they're unimaginative. Yeah, Smelly Bobby Tulip. Well, his. you know, do tulips smell good? I never really smelled a tulip. Tulips do don't have smell? a lot of smell. No. Well, that apparently I've Bobby Tulip didn't smell very good. Because a stinky tulip would, stinky tulip would have been, it would have had irony in it. That would have been a good one. Yeah, but... He, um, Robert developed a sexual awareness at a very early age. He claims to have, uh, uh, he he claims to have uh, compared genitalia with a girl around the age of five. He was five or the girl was five? Um, around he with when he was five. So I don't know what the girl. I don't know how old the girl. Why is he comparing genitalia? You can't compare. That's an apples and oranges situation. Well, it is. So I don't know why he was comparing the but you know banana and apple or whatever (laughs) banana and peach. But anyway, he had this. uh, You know, he weared his uh, fucking weird dingaling early on. What kind of fruit would resemble a vagina? Bananas. You got. I think maybe a peach. Peach, probably. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you cut up a watermelon real good, or any kind of melon know. for that. I, I, I don't know. You'd have to be an artist. I don't even know where we got into the fruit, because he <laughs> says nothing about fruit here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> never mind. Um, he also, uh, Colonel, you can appreciate this. He, at this age, he also began inserting objects into his anus, uh, no, around the age of eight. Um, when he was arrested later in life, uh, he said to have had a lifelong feeling that uh, he should have been a female, well, and that, and well, uh, continued to insert objects into an, his anus <laughs> even after he was uh, in prison. But you know, well, in prison he didn't have a choice. Yeah, in yeah. prison, but, I think the objects get inserted into the anus in prison. I wish that, I, I couldn't find out what sort of objects he put in there. I don't know if it was like telephone books. I mean, I don't <laughs> know. Well, and the thing is, those are two separate things. Like, okay, he feels like he should have been female, and that's fine. He was also. Which they don't yeah. have anything to do with one another. Yeah, I need so, a, I need because, a that comma there, I guess. Well, no, not even that. So it's a female thing that you like to insert objects into your anus? No, is that, what? that is not a that, female thing. In yeah. fact, most of the females I know, that is that isn't. No. But if you're if you're a guy and you're eight years old, that's as close as you're going to get to becoming a female. That is hashtag thing in your no. <laughs> Certain thing, inserting things in yourself. You have nowhere else to put them. Your urethra. Well, oh, we friend with you. Yeah. Really? You want to sit here and talk about the dirty flower putting things up in there? But as soon as I say urethra, everybody's well, every, because every dick in this room shrinks up. Well, well I'm that's just something you don't you joke about. Yeah. Really? But yeah. sticking in you things, crossed the line. So with but that, sticking things in the dirty flowers, okay? We can talk about that all day long. Well, in a female dirty flower, I no, mean, it's not he's okay. Doing just not natural. I Hashtag I, no. I don't. You know, I'm, I'm not a big, big proponent of inserting anything in the anus either. But uh, certainly not the. <clears throat> this guy was. This guy's sticking everything up there. What is he smuggling? I don't know what he's jelly beans. And if he's and if he's smuggling things, <laughs> Any crayons. I don't yeah, know. and if he's smuggling things, like when when he goes, does he retrieve them at some point? I'm or do assu- they just fall out? Or they? I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming they come back out. Well, yeah, eventually they'd have to come back out. Yeah, but there's a difference between retrieving them and, you know, and pooping them out. Yeah. Anyway, he's a sick fuck. Um, Here's he. This is, I said this was a practice he would continue into adulthood. As a young child, he also had an interest in the genitals of other children. 
Nice. He was somewhat of a genitalia connoisseur. Yeah, he was. He was a, he, he's a genitalia connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. Uh, What's with a small year? A small year of genitalia. He was a genitaliaist. Um, Robert Black's uh, first attempted rape at the age of 12 with, of lavender. with two other boys with two other boys they attacked a girl in a field uh, but they were unable to penetrate her young lady um, the authorities were notified and Black was moved to a juvenile center um, while there at the juvenile center, uh, he was again. He was age twelve. He, all the play he could handle. Yeah, he was a he was a sexually abused by a male staff member. So at the at the juvenile, center juvenile center. Yeah. Now see that would get you a bad review on Yelp. I think. Yeah, yeah, I would think so too. It was while he was at this uh, juvenile center, um, he developed an interest in football and swimming. So he's kind of. Branching out, football away from, and swimming, away from I if you can get anal a play. In his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a little bit away from anal play now. He's starting to branch out. At 15, he left the juvenile center and found a job working as a delivery boy near Glasgow. He later admitted that while on his rounds as a delivery boy, he molested 30 to 40 girls uh, with various degrees of success. So he's a sick fuck early on. Uh, none of these incidents uh, seem to have been officially reported until his first conviction at the age of 17, when in 1963 uh, he was uh, loitering in a local park and he met a seven-year-old girl playing alone on the swings. After talking to her for a few minutes, he lured her uh, into a deserted air raid shelter on the pretext of showing her some kittens. That's the old... Oh, yeah. Chuck's used that. The yeah. free kitten thing. Inside, when the butterscotch don't work. Inside the shelter, uh, he held the girl by her throat until she lost consciousness, uh, and then he masturbated over her body and then ran from the scene. The girl was found close to the shower, uh, to, to the shelter crying hysterically the following day. Uh, the following day, he was arrested. Um, Black was arrested and uh, charged with lewd and lascivious behavior. Um, Black was a subject of a psychiatric examination, and it, the official report suggested the incident had been uh, an isolated offense, mm. and he was not in need of further treatment. So he only got a slap on the wrist from the judge. Gross. His, yeah, for his first um, slap on the wiener. They should have uh, slapped him right dead on the wiener. They really uh, should. Wiener. So after that, he that moved back to Black moved back to Greensmouth and got a job with a building company. He found a girlfriend. Her name was Pamela Hodgins. He fell in love. Her name was Rosie. He asked her to marry him, um, but he was devastated when she ended the relationship. A few months later, because of what she described, his unusual sexual practices. Yeah, he wouldn't leave her butthole alone. He's probably in that certain, wears on a person after yeah, a while having probably, to guard that all the time. Yeah, he's probably inserting all kinds of shit up there. <laughs> yeah. tax, tax return. <laughs> you know, yeah, probably a football. You know, you know yeah. what? I mean, seriously, when you have to sleep guarding that stuff, no, you can't. Yeah. You can't. It's not sustainable. Yeah, you have to. You know, you, you have to walk around clenched all the time. All the time. But you know, and and, I, and and 
fairness, and granted, he's a sick bastard. Yeah. But she married him. No, she no, didn't. No, she didn't. She broke it off. Oh, I thought they she were She broke off married. the engagement. Yeah, she broke off the engagement. But who is she to say that him wanting to deflower the dirty flower? Yeah, we don't know what it was actually. It just said. <coughs> oh, that was it. Unusual sexual. <laughs> oh, that was it right there. Well, that he probably wanted. He wanted to look at little girls. Yeah. Which is really bad. In 1966, at the age of 19, um, his uh, inappropriate manifestation, manifestation of sexual desires resurfaced again, and he molested his landlord's nine-year-old granddaughter. The girl eventually told her parents. Gross. But the parents took no legal action. Worse. But uh, Black was ordered to leave the house. I guess that would be evicted, if nothing else. Uh, this time he moved uh, and um, rented a room uh, with a couple who had a seven-year-old daughter. Where'd they rent that room? Uh, in Cleveland, Hawthorne, Lemon, someplace. <laughs> someplace in Scotland. <laughs> As before, guess what he did? He, he molested, molested somebody. The seven he molested the you know what word I do not like, though? What? I do not like that word molest. Mm, it's because it's vague and and... It could mean a lot of different things. It could mean a lot of different things. Well, what would you, you know rather what? fondled? Would you rather Whatever. have that? You shouldn't be fucking with a little. Girl. No, I mean, there's degrees. Like if he, if if the guy, well, I, yeah, I agree. Any yeah, inappropriate thing, thing. But what I'm saying is, it's like, do you, if he if he touched a girl, then you just take him out in the alley and you beat him till he's crippled and he needs permanent care and you never need to worry about it. If he actually raped a girl, then you take him in the alley and beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him. Until he's a mark on the sidewalk. Until he recovers and then you beat him some more and beat him some more. You go through it for about 10 days until he dies. I would just say leave him his mark on the sidewalk. Yeah. But no, honestly, when you hear that word, don't you always wonder what the hell it's talking about? No, because I figure whatever it is, (sighs) I don't want to know anymore. Um, This time, however... Um, the sexual abuse was discovered. The police were notified, and Black eventually was sentenced to a year in jail. On his release, he left Scotland for London. Well, yeah, he molested from coast to coast in Scotland. Yeah, he was time old. to move on. Yeah, Scotland his abuse of young girls subsided subsided for a time uh, when he discovered child pornography. <laughs> Kitty no, porn. <clears throat> yeah, he uh, uh, when police uh, searched Gross. his home later on after his arrest for murder, they discovered more than a hundred magazines and fifty videos. Yes, this is before, before the internet. Before the internet, and this was uh, he he drove. Um, he became a truck driver, and, and so that's why they're not sure exactly how many kids he killed. But he they suspect that um, he he drove all through Great Britain and also in the Netherlands and you could buy at the time child porn in the Netherlands so they suspect that's you where could? He, yeah they suspect that's where he bought the child porn at was in Amsterdam why is that okay why yeah. is that okay over there like I get the pot and I can get the prostitution I'm not sure but you stand still, behind those things yeah I'm not sure you still can but this is in the 60s I, think I mean at any point, point why is that I, okay? it's not it's not okay but. Um, he, he took advantage of that. Uh, so in London, he found work working as a swimming pool attendant, which is uh, creepy, and would sometimes go underneath the pool, remove the lights, and watch um, young girls as they swam. Soon, a young girl complained that Black had touched her, and while no official charges were brought against him, he lost his job. While Black lived in London, he spent a lot of time in pubs playing darts, 
he became a pretty good dart player and uh, became a re- well known on the amateur dart circuit. There's an amateur dart circuit. Yeah, they really are. And there was they're a, serious. About there was the a, wor- a world champion dart player named Eric Bristow, um, who I guess is really famous in that circle. He knew Black, and he remembered him to be a loner who never seemed to have a girlfriend. But always, had, but always had butterscotch. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or he said kittens available. <clears throat> Well, you know, and who doesn't have kittens? But um, now he takes a turn. If this wasn't bad enough, he takes a turn to the left. I have concerns about him being... I mean, so if he's in the Olympics, does he have to give up his amateur status? I don't know. I had a boss who used to play darts. She went all over the country playing. I used to throw darts about an hour a day. Yeah. I I hit people when I throw darts, so I just don't do it unless I'm feeling froggy. In 1976, Black began working as a van driver. No windows, just a van. Yeah. Uh, it was while working as a driver that he developed a thorough knowledge of some of UK's, oh, some of Britain's roads, particularly its minor roads. Black's job kept him constantly on the move. He used his new position to satisfy sadistic demands. To reduce the chance of being identified by eyewitnesses, Black often adjusted his appearance by alternately growing a beard or appearing clean-shaven, and occasionally shaved his head completely bald. I don't know if you've seen a picture, but he's creepy-looking. I mean, he's creepy. Yeah, he's a creepy-looking bastard right there. Black also owned over a dozen pair of glasses, evidently going for the Clark Kent <laughs> yeah. uh, Look. method of disguise. Doesn't Timmy own a dozen pair of glasses? To <laughs> and I always know it's him, Readers. Though. I went to readers. Yeah, but I always know it's him. Like, if somebody <laughs> yeah. changes their... Yeah. I mean, seriously? Okay. He's never come in with his head shaved bald, though. No. But, you know... But Clark Kent would go in, you know... Go in, go in the phone booth and come out Superman, yeah. and nobody just said, "Hey, you know what?" I always wondered, how did he get his suit back? I don't know. Do you think his name was stitched in it, and they just? just but then they would it return. Would be please a return to a PO box. Somebody had a PO box. Yeah. No, I. You know what I think happened? He wore it under his his Superman suit. You think he? How do you think him and Lois Lane did? You think he was Superman when he was in the sack? Or I would have think he would have knocked the hell out of a servant. I think he's always he's always Superman. What's 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 so, going on up in there that you would hit the ovaries or the cervix or the uterus? You hit your cervix. Okay, so you know you know Superman. He just tear right through the cervix. Yeah, I bet she's rather fuck Superman than Clark Kent. <laughs> Unless, well, but, but as soon as he takes his glasses off, she's going to know it's Superman. Unless Superman is a dirty flower man. Oh, yeah, that might be. Then she might have to go. What's that guy, Jimmy? Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Olsen. Oh, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Jimmy Olsen just well good. That poor son of a bitch. He never got no. He just be he happy with laid. a hand job in the copy. He room. never got laid. Yeah. Uh, Black, you know, he owned all these glasses that clearly would help him out and would wear a pair significantly different from those he regularly he regularly wore when abducting children. Do you think now, they had a nose and a mustache? I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, seriously. Rubber nose and yeah. no. no, that can't be him. He was wearing black glasses. Those glasses are tortoise shell. Yeah, those are not him. Those are metal frames. Fucking idiot. Uh, he also covered the rear windows of his van with opaque black curtains. Well, that won't t- t- draw any attention. <laughs> well, cl- clearly it didn't, because he's drawing people in with puppies and butterscotches. Uh, the first murder Black is proven to have committed, but the last he was convicted for was that of Jennifer Cardi, 
who was abducted, sexually assaulted, and murdered on August 12, 1981, two weeks after her ninth birthday. Uh. Cardi was last seen by her mother at 1.40 p.m. Uh, as she cycled from her house in Bollandary County, Antrim, Antrim? Uh, to play with a friend. When she didn't come home to watch some show on TV that's called Jack and Nori. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got that on DVD. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. <laughs> uh, her family telephoned her friend's parents and learned that their daughter hadn't even arrived there. Cardi's parents reported their daughter missing to police, who started a search for the missing child. It's, I mean, this guy is every, it's every parent's nightmare. Hours later, uh, Cardi's bicycle, covered with branches and leaves, was discovered less than a mile from her home. Uh, the stand of the bicycle was down, suggesting that she'd likely step, stopped her bike to converse with her abductor. Despite extensive police inquiries and an intensive search of the area, aided by 200 local volunteers, no potential eyewitnesses to Cardi's ev- evident abduction could be located. Six days after her disappearance, two duck hunters discovered her body 16 miles from her home in a reservoir near a lay-by... Okay, this is what it says here. If she was in a reservoir near a lay-by alongside... It was on the road. Yeah. A dual carriageway in Hillsboro. It's a highway. Thank you. The pathologist called to the scene noted signs of sexual abuse on... Co- Cardi's body and underwear. A full autopsy concluded she died of drowning, most likely accompanied by ligature strangulation. Blah. The watch she'd been wearing had stopped at 5.40, suggesting she died four hours after her abduction. While Cardi's abduction and murder initially remained unsolved, the location of her body near a major uh, arterial road between Belfast and Dublin led police to suspect her murder, murderer had been familiar with the area. The reservoir that she was found in was near a traffic route frequented by long-distance delivery drivers, and the possibility was never discounted that Cardi's murderer worked in a profession that required him to travel extensively. Gross. 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 This is a dark story. So Black's second victim, confirmed victim, was 11-year-old Susan Claire Maxwell, whom he'd abducted on the afternoon of July 30th, 1982. Susan Maxwell was from the village of Cornhill on Tweed, on the English side of the English-Scottish border. She left her home to play a game of tennis across the border in Coldstream. Uh, Several local witnesses remembered seeing her until she crossed the bridge over the River Tweed. Is it the... Uh, the bridge over the River Tweed wasn't that a movie? That was uh, yes, bridge over the River Kwai. I think oh. you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> which bridge over the River Tweed? Bridge which, over the River which, Tweed. Which that Sean and his wife probably saw when they were in Thailand. The bridge over the River Kwai. No, I think that was, that the was one a Simon and Garfunkel song. Like that was a bridge over, over troubled waters. Like a bridge no singing. over no singing. river tweed. No singing. <laughs> Are you Simon or Garfunkel? I, I don't know who sang that part. I don't know. No singing. All right, so she's gone over to Coldstream to play tennis. Uh, she crossed the bridge, and then nobody saw her. Nobody saw it happen. But then at some point between the river and Coldstream... Susan was abducted by Black. Uh, 
She was reporting missing by she was reported missing by her mother Elizabeth, who had driven to the tennis courts to pick her up, only to <clears> learn <throat> from her daughter's friend that the two had parted company outside Coldstream Police Station to walk home separately. The following day, a full-scale search was mounted, which involved police from both sides of the border, many of them with search dogs. At the peak of the search, 300 officers were assigned to it full-time. Their search involved house-to-house inquiries and grew to include a thorough search of every property in the area. The search team covered over 80 square miles of terrain. Now, let me just say something real quick here. What kind of a piece of shit do you need to be? And I know we've talked about this before. What kind of a piece of shit do you need to be that you feel the need to kidnap and rape children? Do you, Here's a question I've always had about this. <clears throat> do you believe that pedophiles are made or born? You know, I don't think it matters. I mean... I think no. I only say this because I I read an article about a man who, who, uh, from the time he became you know interested in sex was interested in sex only with small children, and he realized that this was not something that was you know acceptable. Mm -hmm. So he he never he never did molest anyone, he never did rape anyone and he went to therapy and he was trying to tell, basically tell a story of um, like his impulses or whatever. Yeah, it was it was an impulsive thing that he was born with nothing unusual would ever happen to him to make him that way that's just what his preference was, was small children that's what be- aroused him was small children and, and I don't know, it, so there you get into different different moral things of what is their responsibility you know when they I'm not saying they're not responsible what I'm saying is you know if is this man who is born and who tries to stop himself and does stop himself is he still a horrible person I think if he he recognizes it and never acts never buys right. kitty porn never do, you know it's all gross well, yeah, of course it's all gross. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I don't, that's just, it's like people who, not that anybody deserves to be a victim, but, you know, people that prey on old people. I mean, there's just, there's no justification. You're just picking on somebody that's weaker than you are. Like if someone hit me in the knockout game, I'm an old man. <clears throat> that would be, a, that would be rude. That's yeah. a hate crime. That's a hate crime. No, I mean, I, you know, I, it, when I keep thinking about the parents in this and how, you know, how frightening it would be to be a parent and someone come and tell you that, oh, I saw your daughter get in a van with some stranger. I mean, yeah, with some nasty looking uh, weirdo guy. Uh, I know. I'd be scared to death. I'd have, I'd have to, like, I would be such a helicopter parent. I mean, well, I, and I think leave. today that's why, because, you know, it gets publicized more. Mm-hmm. That's why you have so many parents that don't let the kids out of their sight. Yeah. So what happens next, Brandy? So so the search team, so at the peak of it all, there were 300 officers that are assigned to full-time. Um, their search involved house-to-house inquiries um, and grew to include every property in the area. And they ended up covering about 80 square miles of terrain. Several people talked about seeing a white van in the in the area, uh, with one witness stating that the 
van had been parked in a nearby field, but nobody knew the make of the van. But it's a fucking van. It's just big. It's a big white van, big blacked out windows. Yeah. Windows, yeah. yeah. But okay. Um, Black had raped and strangled Susan, then dumped her body by the side of the road near. At Oxier, at Oxter, see people are make fun of me. At Ox, yeah, at Oxeter. Actually, when just to save you some discomfort, they like three of the bodies were found like within twenty miles of each other. Can't they just people over there name the cities like Springfield? No, I mean they got (laughs) hills. There's a Springfield in every state. Yes, Lock. Even though the Simpsons, Lockland, yeah, Lockland, yeah, whatever. I know. Maybe Lady Beverly can work on that. Well, so he dumped her body by the side of the road about 250 miles away in central England. Yeah. In he, Ox, Oxeter. He takes all these kids at Ox, away. At Oxeter. He, that becomes his kind of M.O. He, takes, he, he kidnaps the kids in one location and then dumps their bodies you know, so hundred, far away, yeah, hundreds yeah. of miles away. So in Ox- Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. August 12, 1982, nearly two weeks after her disappearance, Susan's body was found by a truck driver. Uh, she was covered with undergrowth and was fully clothed, stay, except for her shoes and her underwear. What? Uh, she was identified via dental records. The precise date and cause of her death could not immediately be determined due to the advanced state of decomposition. How much time was this? Well, it was two weeks, but you got to remember he's put, you know, he's thrown, yeah. uh, you know, brush on her. It, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you know, all those bugs and stuff that are going to come in there right. and it's going to get warm. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, Susan had been bound. Her mouth had been gagged with sticking plaster. I assume that's tape. Uh, her underwear had been removed and neatly folded beneath her head. Well, that's sweet. Suggesting that she'd been subjected to a sexual assault before her murder. The coroner's inquest concluded that she had died shortly after she'd been abducted. Now, Timmy, you have that you actually had died shortly before. No, I did not die. But I went ahead and made that editorial. That was a so you lived through you lived through her abduction. No, that was a typo. I have a lot of boob hanging out right now. Okay, Okay, I just want to say this was a hard one to do. So it disgusted me. This is a gross one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whose idea was this one? Yeah, well, I don't know. Um, evidently, Susan remained in Black's van, alive or dead, and for 
um, over 24 hours, as his delivery schedule took him to Edinburgh, Dundee, and finally Glasgow, where he made his final final scheduled delivery close to midnight on the 30th. Well, it's good that he kept his scheduled rounds. You got <clears> to keep, well, he kept the trucks running on time. Keep, yeah, mm-hmm. can't have confusion and delay. It was like Hitler. You say what you want, but the trains was running on time. Confusion and, yeah, no confusion so many, and delay. Yeah. Well, one of those dictators didn't look for a matter. All right, let's see. The following day, Black returned from Glasgow to London, discarding the body in a... Okay, discarding the body beside the road. In a ditch. Near Oxit. Whatever, at Oxeter. At Oxeter. Let's call it just... At X-Town. Okay. 264 miles from where Maxwell had been abducted. You know, I'm trying to give these people a little bit of justice here by saying the fucking right name for this. Yeah. You can't it's just pronounce not working them. out right. Yeah, or even those people over there with the funny accents couldn't pronounce those words. Funny accents? That's what we're going with. Well, they got weird accents. Really? Well, that you are spouting I mean, that somebody yeah. else has a They're weird like accent. People from it's like them and people from Alabama. They all sound funny to me. You, the drunk Elmer Fudd. I know the drunk Elmer Fudd. I don't even sound like Elmer Fudd. That was a weak one. <laughs> Continue, well, that and he sounds like Quipkey. Elmer <laughs> yeah. Fudd. Okay, so on the evening of July 8th, 1983... <sighs> hold on. I can't do this for a second. Five-year-old Caroline Hogg from Portobello on the outskirts of Edinburgh went out to play near her home for a few minutes. She never came back. Carolyn would become Black's youngest known victim. Many witnesses reported seeing a scruffy-looking man wearing, wearing, watching a young girl. Jesus Christ. Through glasses. <laughs> so they couldn't recognize him. Yeah. Uh, she was, he was watching a young girl believed to be Carolyn. Uh, Caroline, sorry. Is it Carolyn or Caroline? Because you have it both ways here, and I just want to make sure. Carolyn? Carolyn? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, So he's watching a young girl, believed to be Carolyn, in the playground near her home, and then holding hands with her in a nearby amusement arcade. That man was Robert Black. When she failed to return home by 7.15, her parents and brother briefly searched the surrounding streets, where they encountered a boy Caroline's age who informed the Hogs he had recently seen their daughter in the company of a man in a nearby promenade. This, in turn, caused, caused the Hogs to frantically search the promenade before reporting Caroline as missing to the police. Police launched an intensive search. The search was, at the time, the largest conducted in Scottish history. The efforts to locate Hogs saw 2,000 local volunteers then they expanded their search to Edinburgh. The missing child inquiry also drew extensive media coverage. By July 10th, Hogg's disappearance was headline news across the UK. Nine, nine known pedophiles were identified as being as as having been in Portobello on the evening of Hogg's disappearance. Jeez, pedophile Central sounds like. Jesus, what, was it was it pedophile con? I, t- I, t- I tell you, well, what, you know what? You know what? Pedophile? Pedophile? Carnivals. Mm. Well, I tell you what, Fairs, you, I tell you if you want to scare the shit out of yourself, go to those websites where you can look at sex offenders in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. There's a ton. Of oh them. yeah, they're all. 
But you know, my thing with that though is you have to read what it's for because some of it's mm-hmm. like you know they were eighteen, right, had sex right, with their right, you know, right. It's too broad. It's too broad. It's yeah. very broad. And well, it, we've gotten crazy with the sexual registry thing. Well, and, but and I think they should be registered, but I also think that it needs to be for you know for rape for you know, but not for. I think what we should, we should have the sexual well, pred- a guy's nineteen, a girl's seventeen. Is what yeah, it should I, be reserved for sexual predators. Is yeah. what it should be. It and should now, be. anybody convicted of you can actually get on that list from taking a whiz on the street, yeah. getting caught. Yeah. See, no, there needs to be a separate list for that. Well, because what it does, it 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 diminishes the impact of those lists. It does because you don't know. There needs to be a list for dumb motherfuckers that got caught doing stupid shit, like hanging their willy out, mm-hmm. uh, peeing, or, or whatever. Or, you know, uh, two or, adults having sex in a car in a park or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there needs to be there there needs to be that differentiation. Yeah. At least in the United States, there's not. Well, and while, uh, and, and I'm, I say this seriously, when you have guys who like to flash the willies at people, um, while distasteful and rude um, and it, it, it could kill nothing kills a picnic quicker than a guy flashing and a willy sign they what, typically though? don't escalate yeah but you know what I saw I, I, I was going by one of the schools here in their yeah, downtown Dr. and there was and this dude was peeing Dr. Phil peeing outside the building which you know peeing uh, you know like you were mentioning just taking a whiz but it was on the front of a fucking school. Yeah, I mean, no, you know, you God, have. have some goddamn sense. But, well, that but, sounds more like a political statement to me. But it is, but here's the thing. But he can't, you can't throw him on a sexual registry with people like this guy. Right. I understand what you're saying you know, because it, I mean, it, it, it's vandalism. Well, I understand what you're saying. It, it, because when you do that, it, it, it diminishes that. List because then you think you know you don't know what you're dealing with you know you know you're dealing with someone who just took, took a pee or you took you know you're dealing with someone like Robert Black right so so there were nine pedophiles in the area and all of them were eliminated from the inquiry for one reason or another numerous eyewitnesses had seen an unkempt balding furtive looking man wearing horn-rimmed glasses, watching Hogg as she played in the playground. He then followed her as she left the playground to walk to Fun City, a nearby fairground. And I don't know, I guess it was the 80s, but your five-year-old, you're letting your five-year-old walk that far? Well, you know, I mean, we had this conversation when we talked about the the hitchhike murders, and, you know, 12-year-olds hitchhiking. For me, that's... Well, and it's I mean, I know there's a difference between five and twelve year olds, but I, it's still twelve year old. That's a baby. Yeah, you know? it is a baby. But I'm just uh, having a five year old. I can't trust him to walk from one end of the house to the other. I can't. Yeah, and, <laughs> make, it, and make it back. Yeah, you're right. It was a different time, you know. And when we did, uh, you know, the Beaumont children in 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 the '60s, they said that changed. They were like seven and eight years old, going to the beach by themselves, you know, and and they were abducted. So I mean, it's. Yeah, and looking back on it now, it seems ridiculous, but maybe it's just because we've had that drilled into us, and it's probably because of guys like Robert Black. All right, so so she's gone to walk on to Fun City. En route, Jennifer Booth, a 14-year-old girl, saw Hogg sitting on a bench in this man's company. She assumed that the pair were father and daughter. At 
Fun City, which, okay. Uh, this same man had paid 15 pence for Carolyn to ride on a children's carousel as he stood and watched her. Hogg then left the fun fair in his company, and according to one child who had witnessed her leaving the fair, she had seemed frightened. Hogg remained in Black's van for a minimum of 24 hours. Her precise date and time of death remain unknown. Black made scheduled deliveries of posters to Glasgow several hours after the abduction. He refueled his van in Carlisle in the early morning, or in the early hours of the following morning. Carolyn's body was found ten days later in a ditch in Leicestershire, around 300 miles from her home. The cause of death could not be determined due to decomposition. Same thing with Susan Maxwell, but the absence of clothes suggested a sexual motive. God, is this the last one I have to do? Yeah, there were four that they're sure he's done. There's a whole okay. list of others they think he's associated with. I didn't put. I we're, we're not going to through them because it's this I appreciate same that. sad story. But four. Sarah Harper, uh, let's see. Three years later, on March 26, 1986, ten-year-old Sarah Harper went missing from Morley in Leeds after leaving her home to go to the corner <coughs> shop to buy a loaf of bread. Shopkeeper remembers Sarah coming in to shop but she didn't make it back home. The last sighting of Sarah was of her walking towards the trail she'd used as a shortcut. Robert Black kidnapped, raped, and murdered her. Her body was found dumped in the River Trent near Nottingham about a month later. That's near where M is in Nottingham. M is from Nottingham. Is she? <laughs> That's cool. Very cool. That is the last one. I can't do anymore, so... So what happened next, Colonel? Well, after the Sarah murder of Sarah, um, you got six police forces, and they just said, fuck this. We're, we got to put something together here. So they get a task force. And they together. get a task force together. And they decided to use, um, to assist with the investigation, they used the HOMES system. What is the HOMES system? The HOMES system stands for um, um, huge organ. No, it does not. Okay. It does not, but homes, you know. It was a database, right? It's a database. It's a home office large major inquiry system. <clears throat> and it's much like our VCAP, VCAP whatever we Bicap. have here. VCAP. Mm-hmm. Here. Um, it was developed for the police, um, you know, for these kind of cases. Yeah, I think it was developed after the um, Yorkshire Ripper. It was seconds. developed after the Yorkshire Ripper. Um, and it was it's named... a central registry, basically. After... The they the reason they used Holmes mm-hmm. was a reference to the fictional private detective Sherlock Holmes. Oh, cool. So anyway, they started contacting the FBI to request that they wanted a psychological profile for these UK cases, and the FBI completed this in So they reached out to the U.S. for the, yeah. some help. Oh, they was they was getting on this. They'd had enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, what Scotland in this is. How, Scotland's about the size of Kansas, wouldn't you say? I'm not sure how <clears throat> it's small, but I mean, yeah. he was committing these all through the UK. All through the UK, and, yeah. And there's thoughts that he did it in, in uh, Northern Europe as well. Well, at least Amsterdam. So every police, so they got the home system. Every police force in the UK is asked to check the databases for people to receive convictions for any of the, any sexual offenses 
within 10 years of the 1982 murder of Susan Maxwell. Okay. Mm-hmm. This narrowed the number down to 40,000 men. Black's, yeah. Black's name was not on the list as his sole conviction was back in 1967. So they started with 1982, did a 10-year look back, 10 year look which back. 72, and he wasn't on it because he was... He was his conviction was in the 60s. In 67. But there were 40,000 convictions on there. Exactly. My God. That's just, that's just rape I mean, central over there. I mean, you know... you know, have got to call no rape season. What did they got? Well, a bunch of hobos running around now? I mean, you know, we, we've got... I mean, we've got a lot, but we're a country of about 300 million people. I'm not sure what the population of the total UK is. But and that's not counting sheep. Oh, that's not counting That's no. true. In Scotland, you know they're crazy over there. So anyway, in January of 88... Hold on for one second, Timmy. Mm-hmm. In January of 1988, the UK investigators got the profile from the FBI. They described him, of course, as a white male aged between 30 and 40, likely closer to 40 because this has been going on for, for a while, who was a classic loner. The population of UK uh, today is 65 million. So 65 million. We have US is 300 million. So and they had 40,000 in that just that one snapshot there. So the offender said the FBI said the offender would be unkempt in appearance and had received less than 12 years of formal education. He likely lived alone in rented accommodations in a lower middle class neighborhood. The profile also deduced that the motive for child killings was sexual, that the offender held a fixation with child pornography, and that he retained souvenirs from his victims. And he most likely engaged in necrophilia. Gross. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's like being married it's for like 30 when years. You can't, you couldn't get any worse. Mm-hmm. This guy's a trifecta of serial killers. Kills but, kids, rapes them, and... Him and Ed Gein. Ed Gein. I have more respect for Ed Gein. At least he didn't bother kids. Ed's, Ed Gein, didn't he skull bang his mama? No, I think he killed... I, I don't know what his deal with his mama, but he, he didn't kill kids. So. Well, they caught a little bit of a break on April 23rd in 88. There was an attempted abduction of a teenage girl in the Nottingham... See, I don't have problems with the names of these cities. No, you don't. In the Nottingham yeah. district of uh, Radford... Mm-hmm. which was not initially deemed by Nottinghamshire police to be linked to the three child killings and thus remained unreported to Clark or senior investigators in the national manhunt, despite the fact that all chief constables across the UK had been requested to report these incidents. This was of Teresa Thornhill, a 15-year-old who was 4'11", which may have led Black to think she was younger than she was. Um, Thornhill, she'd been out with her boyfriend Andrew and some other teenagers she walked home and uh, Thornhill noted a blue transit van slowing to a stop ahead of her the driver of the van got out raised the van hood said can you fix engines like you know of course she's a 14 year old girl why can't she right like she's a mechanic and uh, yeah I guess she must have been wearing you know coveralls or some shit Mm -hmm. but anyway Thornhill said she could not uh, Black clasped his arms around her mouth and, and navel and attempted to drag her into the vehicle. Good Lord. Because yeah. apparently she the, back then. the free kitten sign on the on the vehicle was not enough to get her in there. Yeah, well, she was older. She was a little bit, you know, she, was, yeah, she, so, she wasn't as young as some of them. He just thought she was young because she was small. 
So she resisted. A scuffle ensued. She got, she bit him right on the damn forearm. And and he let go. And he was like, oh, his words, not mine. Oh, you bitch. And Thornhill began to scream for her mama, wedging her feet on each side of the door frame as she struggled to be resisted. Struggled from being forced into the van. Now, at the same time, Beeston, the boy that she had been with, ran toward the van, shouting, Let go of her, you fat bastard. There you go. Upon hearing this, Black let go. And Beast, she was free. They questioned both youngsters. Um, They described him as, you know, 5'7 in height, between 40 and 50. And Black was finally arrested in Stowe in 1990. David Harkis, a 53-year-old retired postmaster, was mowing his front lawn and saw a blue transit van slow come to a stop across from his house. The driver got out of the van, pretending to clean his windshield, as the six-year-old da- as Herky's 66-year-old daughter passed his field of view. As this guy, Herky, stooped to clear grass cuttings from his lawnmower, he noticed the girl's feet lifting from the pavement. Herky's then, of course, straightened his back to see the vehicle's driver hastily pushing something through the passenger door before jumping into the driver's seat and then starting the engine. He instantly realized he was seeing a kidnapping in progress. Yeah, he's a real hero in this. It was, um... I'm sorry, it was not... It was, uh... It was a six-year-old daughter of Herky's neighbor. I'm yeah, sorry. it wasn't his daughter, but he, he observed yeah. it, and he was a... So anyway, he got the license plate number. Within minutes, six police vehicles had arrived in the village, and they were met by Mr. Herky's and the, and the schoolgirl's distraught mother. Yeah, now Black screws up here because as the police are there and they're interviewing him, he turns around. He comes back yeah. through that little area, that what little village. Dumbass. Yeah. So anyway, um, one of the officers, this immediately upon hearing this, officer jumped in front of the van. Um, he, as you said, he came back and Herky said, "That's him. That's the same van." So one of the officers jumped out. Um, they strout, They got pulled him out of the van, threw him down on the pavement. Did not sodomize him as they properly should, but right. they arrested yeah. him. Um, now, Black was restrained him, by his colleagues. I hope they gave him a thorough cavity search, though, because he's hiding shit. This officer opened the rear doors of the van chamber, and he saw the he saw the little girl. He got the little girl. Um, then the girl's father untied the drawstring, sealing the bag to discover his he what he done is put her in the back of a van and threw her into a sleeping bag mm-hmm. and sealed you know pulled the drawstring so nobody could see her. So. Uh, they got her out of the sleeping bag. The father said, that's my daughter, you bastard. He'd been called a bastard twice. These right. are, these are rude people in that place. town. And uh, Black was then taken to the police station. And route, he informed the sergeant, it was a rush of blood to the head. I've always liked little girls since I was a lad. I tied her up because I wanted to keep her until I dropped off a parcel. I was going to let her go. Nope, lies. Yeah, sure he was going to yeah. let her go in a ditch somewhere. Um, anyway, Black was charged with kidnapping and held on remand prior to his appearance in court. Now, on July 15th, Clark, Clark traveled from this investigator from Yeah, the, the head of that task force. Yeah. Um, to interview Black at Edwards 
Edinburgh St. Leonard's Police Station. Although the answers Clark got from Black were mostly monosyllabic. Yes and no, basically. He left the interview feeling that Black was a man he had been looking for since 82. A search of Black's impounded transit van found it to be basically a rape van. It had ropes, tape, hoods, uh, a Polaroid camera, articles of girls' clothing, a mattress, and a selection of marital aids. Anytime you find a mattress in the back of a van, that's never good. This is never. So they, yeah, they got they found a Polaroid camera, uh, a bunch of marital aids, and some uh, some ropes. It's almost like they got into your de- closet, devil. Yeah, well, you know. But you was using them for just certain evil, not Mine's pure in my house. I no, that's a different. She's married. I'm married. It's not mobile. Well, they asked to explain these uh, items, and Black explained that on his long-distance deliveries, he had been in the habit of pulling into a lay-by, which is a rest stop, and dressing in children's clothing before masturbating. You know, I'm not sure if that's any better. Like... Yeah, but I, I mean, he's trying to make himself sound less pervy. I guess he's trying to try to explain like how to masturbate with a kid's underwear, little kid underwear. On. He's got a grown man underoos. Yeah, underoos. Guys, five seven, three hundred pounds wearing underoos is probably not a good look for him. Well, now they go to his house, mm-hmm. and they find fifty-eight videos and films depicting graphic child sexual abuse. Which Black later claimed to have bought in continental Europe. Yeah. They yeah, also found right. clothing, a semen stained copy of a Nottingham newspaper detailing the attempted abduction of Teresa Thornhill. One of the victims. And a variety of purpose designed sex aids. This material was confiscated and sent to Edinburgh to assist in the investigation. Black was brought to trial for the abduction and sexual assault of the schoolgirl on August 10th. He was tried at Edinburgh, and this trial lasted one day. He was found guilty of kidnapping and sexual assault and sentenced to life in prison. Yeah, that's, that's going back to um, one day, the Stowe school girl. Yeah, yeah that, that's just the abduction there. Yeah, yeah now two weeks after this, um, Hector Clark traveled back to St. Leonard's Police Station to interview him again, Hector Clark being the lead investigator. He'd appointed Andrew Watt and Roger Orr to conduct the interview with instructions they were to inform Black from the outset that they were not judgmental to anything he chose to involve. Oh, they were judging him. In the six-hour interview, Black freely discussed his early sexual experiences, his experimentation with various forms of self-abuse, like shoving shit up your ass, right? Um, and his attracted attraction towards young children. He also Man, you never were wanting him to let him borrow your yo-yo when you were <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. Um, yeah, or your baseball glove or anything like that. G.I. Joe. <laughs> oh, you baseball. oiled my glove for me. Thank you very much. Baseball bat. Baseball right. bat, Ugh. yeah. He also described his penchant for wearing young girls' clothing and confided to having sex. Not a good look. It's a weird. He wasn't a good look in men's clothing, but in little girls' clothing, no, he was not. He was not a good brony. So uh, he confided to having sexually assaulted in excess of 30 young girls between the 60s and 80s. He didn't talk much about uh, questions even loosely pertaining to any unsolved child murders. So 
but he said he enticed two young girls into his van in Carlisle upon the pretext of asking for directions in 85 and allowed them to leave when eyewitnesses appeared. Now, the latter stage of this interview saw both men steer their questioning directly to um, subject to child abduction and murder, um, specifically Karen Hogg. Now, informing Black that police had already established that he had been in Portobello on, this, on the date of Hogg's abduction, Watt Noah then tacitly informed him that they had eyewitness accounts and gas station receipts proving that he was near there at that time. You know, this guy's the, the guy owned this company was uh, that he worked for. Mm-hmm. He was really OCD, and he kept, like, all the records of the, where the vans had been, what gas, you know, what, yeah, or, and that became a big part of this investigation because they could place him yeah, at, at all these places. Of, yeah, at all these places where these girls were uh, abducted and where their bodies were found. Well... They finally ended the interview by just asking him to confess, and he didn't respond at all. Now, detectives from the Six Forces, um, they were linked in a joint manhunt and began an intense and painstaking endeavor to gather sufficient evidence to convince prosecutors to instigate legal proceedings against Black with a reasonable chance of securing convictions. For the murders. Yeah. Investigators contracted Postal Dispatch and Storage Limited, where Black had worked since 1976, to establish whether travel records could confirm his whereabouts on crucial dates linked to the investigation. Staff at this firm were able to confirm that Black had always bought petrol using credit cards, the receipts of which he would then submit to his firm to claim expenses. And now, you know, today you think... Well, that's you know just good business practices, but then that was before computers. You know, right. I mean that 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 lot that, well, that was by hand as record term. You know, by yeah. hand. So what they learned from these receipts was that he had always been in the area when abductions occurred. Um, for example, on the date of Sarah Harper's disappearance, Black had been scheduled to make a series of deliveries across the Midlands in Northern England. The final two deliveries on this schedule had been in West Yorkshire. And Bry House, then a final delivery in Morley, a firm 150, to a firm 150 yards from Harper's home. Mm-hmm. So they learned that um, his company posted dispatch and storage, had accounts with several oil companies, which allowed the drivers to buy fuel. They cooperated with these companies, and they obtained 7 million archived microfish credit card receipts. Wow. They have to go through all of those. Yeah, these were sent um, to the incident room in Newcastle. It where a team of officers searched and searched through them, but it bore fruit. Beginning in 1990, investigators began to discover evidence proving the precise times Black had bought fuel at the petrol stations. In each instance, the time of the purchase had been shortly before or after each child had been abducted. By December 1990, the inquiry team decided they had sufficient circumstantial evidence to convince prosecutors there was a reasonable prospect of securing convictions against Black. Although Clark was worried that the inquiry had not uncovered any forensic evidence to tie Black to these murders. so But they did put him on trial. On April 13, 1994, Robert Black t- stood trial before Judge McPherson at Moot Hall, Newcastle, upon time. 
Black pleaded not guilty to each of the 10 charges. They charged him with 10 charges of kidnap, murder, attempted kidnap, and preventing the lawful burial of a body. I don't even know if we have that in the United States. Desecration of a court. I believe that will be what we was talking about, a tort, Timmy. (laughs) Unlawfully not letting your body be. Uh, So anyway... Um, on May 19th, the jury found Black guilty of three counts of kidnapping, three counts of murder, three counts of preventing the lawful burial of a body in relation to Teresa Thornhill. So that even though it was circumstantial evidence, they made it stick. Yeah. And in, in, and in relation to Teresa Thornhill, the little girl that um, they caught him with, one count of attempted abduction. He was sentenced to a term of life in prison for, imprisonment for each of these with a recommendation that he serve a minimum of 35 on each of the three murder charges. So on good behavior, he could get out in 105 years. They went easy on him. They were to be served concurrently. Black remained unmoved upon receipt of this sentence, but as he was prepared to leave the dock, he turned to the detectives from the various forces, looked at them in the eye, and said, Tremendous. Well done, boys. It really was well done. I mean, you know, they're the heroes in this. I think they, you know, the, they just the stuck with it. Yeah, the they were. Said, they were really accountants, is what so accountants just, are. What yeah. caught him, and accountants are what always get you. Yeah. So anyway, the trial of Robert Black for the sexual assault of Jennifer Cardi began at um, Armagh Crown Court in in 2011. So this is another murder. Mur- yeah. And uh, the first, the first as in his 1994 trial, circumstantial evidence was there, but there wasn't any forensic evidence. But uh, Black's trial began with the prosecutor, Toby Hedworth, stating that the discovery of Black's signature on all these result, receipts that they still had was just as good as signing his own confession. The second verdict... Murder trial lasted six weeks, and the jury deliberated for four hours, just enough to get lunch, before delivering their verdict. Maybe a spot of tea. Huh? Maybe they had a spot of tea. They they had some crumpets Mm. and some cookies. Because that's what they weighed on, that nasty lunch that they give you at the courthouse. Now, on October 27th, he was found guilty of Cardi's abduction, sexual assault, and murder. But not unlawful prevention or burial. They gave him a break. He got slap on the wrist, I guess. He was given another life sentence. So this motherfucker, if he was a cat, he would have run out of lives. <laughs> so anyway, with hearings deferred on the minimum term to be served, on December 8th, 19, uh, they have imposed a minimum term of 25 years. Now, the police believed always along that he committed more murders than before he was convicted with. Yeah, and as I said, there's probably about 13 or so that we didn't even talk about that they think is linked to him. They just didn't have enough evidence to bring it to trial. Well, and the detectives were pretty certain that the number was at least eight. Mm -hmm. Now, in 94, a meeting was uh, convened between the senior detectives and the six police forces involved in the nationwide manhunt for black and representatives from other U.K. forces with unsolved cases. Um, They assessed the evidence investigators had assembled to establish whether Black had killed other children. In 2008, prosecutors stated that insufficient evidence existed to charge Black with any further murders. He'd been linked to 13 further murders across the U.K., Ireland, and continental Europe between 69 and 87. 
Now, yeah, that's, that's, you know, and Brandy and I were talking about that earlier. That's the sad thing is that those parents or those kids, they don't get any, you know, any closure. closure. Yeah. Well, in 1995, Black's sitting in his jail cell thinking about his My Little Pony underwear that he wants to put on and wank his crank. What happened? When two inmates came in and they took a mixture, they threw boiling water mixed with sugar over him. Now, what does it matter if he's mixed with sugar? I do not know. I guess it sticks to you worse. I don't know. Maybe. They bludgeoned him with a table leg. That's a good thing. Then stabbed him in the back and neck with an improvised knife. Now, Black sustained some wounds, burns, and bruising in this attack, and his attackers were jailed for three further years after admitting wounding Black with intent to cause grievous bodily harm. Yeah, they meant to fuck him up, but too bad they didn't. Yeah, or they fucked him up a little. They fucked him up pretty good. They didn't put anything in his anus, unfortunately. Unfortunately, but, you know, it says... It says that he has sustained superficial wounds. Yeah. yeah See, no, not, not what that's he disappointing. Not what he deserved. Black's, uh, Black's ending came in the form of a heart attack on January, just not long ago, January 12, 2016. His black body was cremated at Roseland Crematorium outside Belfast. No family or friends were present. And in two. February 2016, Black's ashes were scattered at sea. Well, he didn't have anybody. He didn't have any family. He never married. He right. never. Yes, his yeah, mother yeah. gave him up. Right. You know, he didn't have anybody to right. be there his, anyway. Uh, 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 foster parents were. Yeah, they were probably dead. They or they gave up on him long before that. But it's hard, you know. Whatever. Well, his, his last request was to have his scattered his ashes scattered on somebody's anus. Or pushed up someone's anus. Or pushed up someone's anus, but they would not allow... Did you not let him do that to you? (laughs) No. What a creep. What a creep. This was a... This was a dark one. I didn't like this guy. You know what? I like the funniest serial killers. You know what? The um, Albert Fish, even though he was creepy, it was 110 years ago, or not 100 years, I mean, about 100 years ago for Albert Fish, and so it takes, you know, you can use a little bit of humor in that. This guy is so recent... Yeah. yeah, I agree. It was one of our darker ones. Um, you know, this one and um, Sylvia Likens. Yeah. Those are two. I'm going to try to find something lighter for us to do. Yeah, could you not depress me like this? I'm, I'm going to you. Try doing a research on these things. Try and then being I, the one to have to read about them. Yeah, it's not pleasant. I had to read about all the kidnappings and all that stuff. Yeah, she had the murders. Well, I had to read about, uh, well, Timmy had to read about him shoving stuff up his ass. <laughs> so, Brandy, any final thoughts on part. Robert Black, the creepo? I'm glad he is no longer with us. Yeah, I'm kind of glad of that myself. Colonel, any final thoughts on you know, Robert my, Black? My only thoughts is, I don't know how you get boiling water, okay? Mm-hmm. First of all, and the boiling water was a good one because that, that leaves... That hurts for a long time. Right. It would have been better some boiling oil, um, but and then you got you to improvise leg. when you're in prison. Though. You got a table leg and a shank. Mm-hmm. You beat the motherfucker, and he still don't die. What kind He's of amateur hour motherfuckers are these? He's people? Rasputin. Well, and if, yeah. you, and if you stick the. Uh, Table leg up his anus. He's gonna like it. He's yeah, going. Oh, you got bigger table leg. I Give me more leg. More leg, you bitch. More leg. I don't know. I don't understand why they put sugar in it. Like. Anyway, maybe it was cooking in the kitchen and they just got. <laughs> maybe they was hoping he'd get the diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Brandy, uh, where can people find us? You can find 
Excuse me, you can find us on Facebook. At History Dreams, uh, History Dreams or at History Dreams the Podcast, where we interact um, with all of our listeners. Please join us if you haven't. It's uh, History Dreams uh, the Podcast Facebook group. Find us on iTunes. Yes, please leave us a review. We got um, three nice reviews over the weekend. We really appreciate those. We check that every day. So we want to say thank you for the three people. We had one that said, uh, titled, Love Them, one, Hard Not to Love These Guys, and uh, one, three, Fantastic. So thank you very much for your reviews. And uh, like I said, we check those every day, and it allows people to find us. So if you get a minute and you listen to us on iTunes, you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. I'm delightful. I really am. You really are. Where else can people find us? They can find us on Twitter. Yes, at History Dreams 1. And Libsyn. Libsyn and uh, Stitcher. Stitcher. We're all over the place. We are. We are more famous than Captain Kangaroo. We're worldwide. Yes, we were. We are. Like Pitbull. Okay, so that's it for today. We'll you come didn't back. ask me my final thoughts. No, he cares why about you your final leave thoughts. Me out of this. I did ask you. You did ask thoughts. you. You had final thoughts. Did you did, I? Yeah, yeah, you already did them. I forgot them. How's your blood sugar there, Slick? <laughs> well, I haven't had any butterscotch today. Um, well, you find all. Robert Black. I'm did sure you he'll give them all. If out. you get in a van with Robert Black, I'm sure he'll provide you with butterscotch. I'm sure he would. <laughs> I uh, I just want to say before we go, but happy birthday to my boys. Um, I'm not buying you a gift. Well, actually, I, I did buy Tanner a gift. I uh, didn't buy anything for Taylor. Nice. Well, t- you know, Tanner, me and Tanner, and this is a, this is sad nope. for me because every every time a Harry Potter book came out at midnight, me and Tanner was together, and I bought the book for him. And it's the first time that we had to break that tradition. Do you know yesterday was J.K. Rowling's birthday? And did you know that Taylor's a grown man? Mm-hmm. All right, we'll and, see. And happy birthday to Mrs. Colonel. We, yes, we, we Renee, happy birthday. Yay, she doesn't Renee. listen to the podcast. But yeah, we love I'm you grateful. Because she gets enough of your shit at home. <laughs> I guess. All right, everyone, we'll see you next time on History Good Dreams. day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.